What's going on, everybody? What's this up with is it? Is Dre. That is Rashad. And Rashad. welcome to episode number two, two. of See What, what Happened Was. was. <laughs> oh man. Uh, we are glad to be back again. Yes, yes. Sorry for the long wait as far as this episode goes, but we have had some scheduling conflicts going on. Yes, but, we have. You know, that's the nature of the beast around here, especially when you have two people who have families, we've got jobs, we've got grown folks stuff going on. That's so right. once again, forgive us, but we are here now and we're ready right. to go. Rashad, yes, sir. What's going on, man? I like to put out there that I've officially been promoted to manager at my job. Congratulations! <laughs> After seven years, long story short, the company I work for now, I won't give up this company, it's a huge company. But when people find out where you work, that's when everybody wants to hook up and not. Well, not doing and, that absolutely. but when i started with this company two years in a manager came to me and said hey i want you to be a supervisor i didn't want to be a supervisor because everybody's like i don't want to be a supervisor yeah 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 getting in my head so i didn't do it that same manager came back and said you should just go out for it he really told me to perk so i went out for it i got it so i got a taste of freedom like, okay, so what was I afraid of? Right. You see? But some people will talk you out of doing things that they don't want to do. That's so right. So you can stay on a low totem pole like them. You know? That's right. If I'm offending anybody, then it's for you. Now, all the talk was going around like, I'll never become a manager. I'll never become a manager. We make more than managers. Manager, manager, manager. I started to believe that until I saw... No, we did not make more than managers. <laughs> you can do overtime. You can do six days a week, 12-hour days, and you still ain't touching what managers make. Mm -hmm. So I went out to be management in my department. I got denied the first time. The first time I denied, got denied, ended up in the hospital. Um, mm -hmm. I had to have hernia surgery. Mm -hmm. Second time, went out for it, denied. Third time I went out for it, I got denied because they basically loved where I was on the supervisor role. Right. So long story short, I kept my faith. I stopped listening to people who kept telling me, don't go out for manager, don't go out for manager. Oh, you know, you're not going to like it, you're not going to like it. But see, other managers from another department saw my worth. That's, they yeah. saw what I was doing. They gave me an opportunity just to fill out an application for this management position that they had in their department. Filled it out, didn't think much of it. Got a call, got the interview. Three weeks later, got the job. So Good. out of everybody else that went out for it, I received it. I'm thankful for that. And then when they made the offer, <laughs> you ain't making much more. You ain't making more than management. 
<laughs> so I accepted the offer. I start actually this Tuesday. I'm excited. You know Excellent. what I mean? Yes, my managers are upset because they didn't know. But the thing about it is I want more. And if right. you don't give me more, I'll go another direction and get it. Right. That's what big dogs do. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. So exactly. I'm thankful. So I apologize because it was mainly my fault. My schedule is kind of everywhere, but we're back with it. We're going to give you all the stories. And yes, sir. Looking at a new manager. Love it. <laughs> and, that, and that's what I'm talking about. And just let that be a lesson to everybody who is trying to go out for higher positions in your jobs. Delayed does not mean denied. You know what I'm saying? You have to wait your turn. You got to put in the work. The same thing that was going on with Rashad, it was going on with me. I had to wait six years to get to the position that I'm in right now at my job. Wow. And even that was after the first year of my last promotion of them saying, oh, he can't do it. He can't make a decision. He's this, that, and the third. And messed up my self-esteem to the point to where I was down. I went out, but I was down for like three years just mm. trying to get back to where I was before as far as my self-esteem went, as far as my self-worth. But I had to say, you know what? Listen, if some of these people can get promoted, I can too. And I got back up, dusted myself off. I worked hard. And it took me to like the last round of promotions. And I mm. said after that, I wasn't going to promote. I was just going to put in for like my master designation at that position. And I was just going to leave it. Lo and behold, right. soon as I put in for that master position, I got a call saying that I got promoted. So it's all in time and it's all in god's time at the yes, end it of is. Day. so don't don't get mad don't get frustrated just wait and just it's wait for you it's for you and so, i would like to add keep doing what you're doing because there are people watching there yes. were people watching me that i had no idea and then when my name came up people started buzzing oh we know him we know him oh yeah we know him we know him so the big bosses were like, well, we got to bring this dude in. So keep doing what you're doing. Treat everybody with respect. There you go. In my line of work, I always told my crew, I don't care who's coming through, you treat them with respect and see how far that takes you. There you go. There it is. There it is. And the thing about it is the irony of keep doing what you're doing is uh, that's a mantra uh, at my job that, you know, the higher ups use and we're just like, yeah, okay. Yeah. You know, we, we've been here and keep doing what you're doing for years, well, years. But, but it's the truth, you know, keep doing what you're doing and then you'll, you'll get to where you want to be. It's just about time. Message. <laughs> it is That's just right. about time. All yeah. right. So, all right. It is all yeah, good. man. So we are going back to Oakhurst. Oakhurst. Back to the 80s, back when Nintendo, Super Nintendo was king. We were into wrestling and all that good stuff. Well, actually, 
it was when just yeah nintendo wasn't no super nintendo yeah oh, that's right yeah, yeah yeah you're right super nintendo went to the that 90s like 90s <laughs> yeah that's right nintendo i'm sorry um mario brothers and duck hunt gyro mike gyro <laughs> <laughs> mike man you know gyro mike when you didn't want somebody to play with you you squash them on purpose uh, yeah <laughs> you know kind of like playing contra you go ahead and leave the person leave, yeah <laughs> oh, oh man. man yeah oh yeah, I, yeah. I, remember, I remember those days <laughs> so yeah but, we yeah we're gonna take it back to Oakhurst, and um a lot of you guys were asking me what was up with the dude, Mr. Williams, who I call the neighborhood groomer, you know. So story about this guy, which ties into being young and seeing things that you really shouldn't have seen at that age. Um, I think I was about eight, nine, something like that. But the other kids in the neighborhood, they were talking about this dude, Mr. Williams, and like, oh, you know, he cool. We watch wrestling at his house. We, you know, he make us cookies and cakes and things like that. So, you know, me being a kid, I was, I was curious. I said, okay, let me go up to Mr. Williams' house. But it started out just kind of like a bunch of kids just hanging out. These were kids. I'm not teens. These were kids hanging out with a grown man. But I kind of didn't see nothing wrong with it because it was just everybody else was doing it. But he would just tell you, hey, if you know, bring me some butter, I'll make you chocolate chip cookies or I'll make you a cake. So none of us really saw nothing wrong with that. we go over there and he made cakes and cookies and things. And after a while, things just started getting a little weird. And I remember it was uh, wrestling he had on, whatever yeah. WrestleMania it was. Yeah. And I remember I actually told you about Mr. Williams. Yeah, you know, oh, we're going to go watch wrestling. It's this cool dude around. He makes cookies and cakes and donuts. But it started getting weird because he, you know, the kids started talking about, hey, why don't you play that naked movie? So it was like, uh, okay. But this dude used to show the kids in the neighborhood porn. It was just like, hey. You thought it was kind of normal because you weren't really mature enough to know that this is wrong. Right. You know what I mean? Now, I do remember my mother got wind of this and she told us, I don't want you hanging out with that man. You know, uh, don't go over there. But, you know, I'm like, hey, man, this dude making cakes and cookies. He ain't never did nothing to me. Right. So I remember one day I went to school and my name was called and they wanted me to go to the office. So I went to the office and went to this room and one of the biggest cops i ever seen this black dude muscles on muscles and he was like hey you know you shot and i was like yeah he says okay well i'm officer such and such i can't remember his name but he said uh you know a guy by the name of mr williams and i said oh yeah you know he he makes us cakes and cookies and things like that. He says, oh, he does. So he starts writing things down. Like I said, I'm, I'm a youngster. I don't know. I had to be like, what, third grade, something like that. Yeah. But uh, he said, well, has he ever touched you? And I said, no. He says, well, let me ask you this. Uh, do you know what a penis is? And I'm like, 
I said, uh, yeah, you're private. <laughs> you <know? laughs> and he said, okay. He said, so he never touched you anywhere. I said, no, he just the man that make cakes and cookies for everybody. So he said, well, we have a report that he's been doing certain things to the kids in the neighborhood. And I said, well, I haven't seen anything. He's never done anything to me. And for me, that was it. Next thing you know, I don't know if they kicked this dude door down, but uh, they ran up in his house. And I think you remember him actually getting arrested. I do. And come to find out he was a pedophile. Yeah. You know, he was a pedophile. And, you yep. know, being a kid, we don't know. We tell him, yeah, we watch naked movies and things like that. We didn't know about that type of stuff. But that was my first introduction to you know, what I call a groomer, a guy that was just kind of friendly with kids because he know kids are naive and uh, whatever kids he touched on told their parents and down he went. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, I remember that day because we were outside and then the next thing I know, because he lived like uh, probably like three or four buildings down yeah, um, his you know where we played football at in that uh yeah yeah field, that little dirt that, field yeah to the right of it is where he lived yep. and i can see them walking him downstairs in handcuffs yeah, yeah. and that was an eye-opener for me and i was just wondering like what did he what did he do and it wasn't too long before that that we were all in his house and the only thing I remember, because I don't remember the porn. I don't think I was there for that. No, nah, you weren't there for none of that. I do remember us being there while he was uh, baking and we were watching wrestling. We are actually watching WrestleMania 4. Ah, yeah. And I remember that we were all playing wrestling and he had got involved as well to yep. the point to where he was gonna drop an elbow on me but his butt <laughs> <laughs> he, he landed on me with his butt so my head was like you know in the, in the couch <laughs> yeah, yeah. oh man that's right I say oh, oh man just like, being kids man yeah yeah, it was it was crazy. Yeah. But those are the things that we had to deal with. Those are the things that we witnessed back then. Yeah. Didn't really pay too much attention to it, but when you see things like that and you have those kind of experiences, it's like, wow, okay, so this Chester the molester type deal, this is real. <laughs> And that was big back real. in the eighties. That was that yeah. was really molestation was really really huge in the eighties. Yeah. Of a lot of this happening, yeah, um, to children, you know, yeah. yeah, a lot of stuff going on in people's families, and it's just like you don't want to talk about it because, and I believe I touched on this in the first episode. You don't want to talk about it because you don't want to embarrass anybody. Yeah. You know, and then you bring it up and people don't want to believe you because you're a kid and 
oh, that person ain't like that. And you just making stuff up and blah, blah, blah. But today in 2022, oh, yeah, you better believe you need to be looking into the stuff that your kids say. Yes. And especially when it comes to comes to mine, comes to ours, we are definitely not going to take that stuff laying down. No so way. if the kid says something to you, uh, you better make sure you're investigating quick, fast, yeah. and in a hurry. Yeah. yeah. I know I surely would. You know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> quick funny story. Uh, I remember the first time as a kid, uh, I got cursed out. So mm. it was an old dude named Mr. Benny. <laughs> you gonna tell the story <laughs> all right okay so you know mr bitty was a a mean old man i don't know if he was like a world war vet or something black dude he was a a mean guy he just did not like kids we never did nothing to this man but i remember i was playing with uh the homeboy binky and it was just after a rainstorm, and we'd go yep. out, we'd throwing dirt, and, you know, throwing a little mud in the water and everything. And Mr. Benny come out, and he's like, hey, hey, <laughs> y'all get out that water. And, we, you know, we kind of like, man, forget you. You know, looking at him like, you ain't our mama, you ain't our daddy. So we mad dogging, and we throw, <laughs> we throw more dirt in the water. And he, he had one arm. Half his arm yeah. was gone. <laughs> yeah. Old dude with a hat and glasses. And he came up and uh we said, We ain't gotta do, we ain't gotta do nothing. And we talking, I'm talking to Binky. I said, We ain't gotta do nothing. He said, Binky's like, yeah, he and our mama. And he looked at us and he said, Hey, hey, he said, What you looking at me for? You wanna eat my ass? And we were like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> when I tell you, we looked at each other like and we took off running and his wife was yelling for him to come back in the house and to this day <laughs> that man's voice is in my head like what did he say to us he really cursed us out like that for throwing dirt in the water you know a puddle that's not his right, right. not in front of his house but he just hated kids yeah, I, I was, you know, and you know, it, like, like Eddie Murphy say, if I was walking down the street and I see Mister Benny, I'd punch him in the face. You know, <laughs> <laughs> well, Eddie Murphy told the story about his brother Miss Jenkins. Yeah, yeah. Man, I'm telling this dude, and we avoided this dude every day after that, every day. <laughs> Oakhurst living, <laughs> man. All right, I had to tell a little funny story, you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Moving yeah, on, yeah. lighting up some things because, you know, that thing with Mr. Williams, it was, it was like really dark, you know, especially when we found out what was going on to like some of our friends, some of the people we knew right? that really got molested by this dude. So, man, <laughs> anyway. Telling you, those uh, days. Yes, it uh, was. Okay, now we are going to go ahead and jump to 1990. And I know we touched on this yeah. in the first episode, but we are going to go a little bit deeper into it. So after I left California, after all that drama took place, I came back to Florida, 
to live with my grandma and my cousin and my granddaddy and my cousins and aunts and everybody was basically in that place at uh one time it was really disheartening for me i kind of felt depressed a little bit glad that i was home back home with my grandma and everything like that but kind of disappointed in things because i felt like our family was systematically broken up yeah and then on top of that i hear that my dad is getting married for the first time and that just sent me into another spin because i'm like man okay so i am separated from my mom and my brother and now my dad is marrying somebody else you know and i wasn't keen on that at all i'm not happy about that but long story short uh she's she's a good woman very nice and i mean they've been together for 32 years now and everything is great there's no issue that i have to this day you know concerning that yeah but the thing <laughs> of it is is as far as our dad goes since we really didn't have that kind of relationship now we would see him at Oakhurst. Yeah, because you know, uh, he did some time. He did about three years uh, for uh, an incident. But uh, other than that, you know, we will only see him here and there. But there was a time period where I did live there for a year, but we, you know, kept butting heads. And most of it is just because of the fact that he wasn't there in the beginning and now trying to be a dad, yeah. uh, that wasn't going to work out uh too well so we kind of fell out on that the thing that i want to touch on is this especially for you fathers that are out there right now if you don't have that relationship with your kids you better have it while they're young because when they get older and you're trying to assert authority and stuff like that it ain't gonna work y'all gonna have a very bad relationship in my personal life, I've been there for my daughter since day one. Even though I'm not married to her mother anymore, I still spend time with her. I still take care of her. And it's not just because of the 50-50 custody. It's because I am her father. Yeah. And I make sure that she has everything that she needs. And that includes not just the material, but the mental and the emotional support. So you cats out there that are neglecting your kids, uh, you got a rude awakening coming. Yeah. So I'm telling you now, you better get involved and not because of the child support, but because you know it's the right thing to do because these kids, they really need their fathers in their lives. They need that mentorship, that positive role model type not just the ones that are out there hustling and all that kind of stuff and teaching them these bad things because then they end up in jail and probably if the father's been in jail that cycle is most likely to continue i've seen it i know it to be true so that's just my little tidbit take care of your kids and be yeah 
I like to add with that, because even with my son, from day one, I was there. When things started going sour, and it's more, and, and disclaimer, if you know her, tell I said it, I don't care, because <laughs> this guy got the paperwork. So with that being said, I see a lot of guys that are always talking about, oh, well, she won't let me see the child, or she won't this, she won't this, she won't that. Get up, go file paperwork, get your kid. You I don't want to hear nothing about money. I did it without a dime. Yep. If I can scrape together 50 bucks to file the paperwork, I think it was 25 at that time, I did it. But I fought for my child. I got custody of my child. Then I raised my child. Yep. I was in and out of courts fighting for this kid. In and out of jail fighting for this kid. And to this day, this child knows it was my daddy that got me out of a situation. That's right. You know what I'm saying? I got custody of him about two and a half, three. Of him being left on my doorstep and all that. That's another situation we'll, we'll get into. But I went and I fought for my kids. So if you guys are out there, you want to fight for your children, don't tell me what she's doing, this and this and this and that. You go to court because you have rights to. Exactly. And that's a big message because I did it and I won. And I got the paperwork to prove it. There you go. That's right. It matters. It yes, it really, does. really matters. Yes, it so, does. Yeah. So, so going jumping into 1990. When you left 1990. Mm -hmm. When I tell you the really dark days started, it was, it just seemed like to me, what I would call hell on earth because it was when you know you're not wanted somewhere when you know it's just tension you know um I would get like 30 looks from this guy all the time my mom's husband rolling his eyes sucking up the teeth and and, and you know like just that um uh I guess you could say like just just the, the fussing and arguing like like for what reason like the whole mental abuse and just like you know just trying to be a bully that's what it was so in my mind it's like all right i got rid of one let me try to get rid of the other mm -hmm. so for me it was just every day of even when i wanted to go outside couldn't go outside i'm in my room no tv at the time no beds at the time no toys just alone you know what i'm saying to sit and think and when you have too time too much time to think and i don't mind is what devil workshop yeah and he worked on me but he worked on me through this man that was just like so irritating and nasty to the point to where i remember i snapped one day and he was trying to tell me something because my thing is like you're a step parent you're not my daddy so if you got anything to say, you tell my mama. But she was letting him just kind of talk to me about something. I think it was about the dishes or whatever. And I remember he said something, I ignored him, and I said, what? And my mom said, well, what'd you say? And I said, she said, did you hear yourself? I said, yeah, I heard myself because I had had enough. 
And I remember we got into this big argument because she was like, you know, I was being disrespectful. But I'm like, this man is disrespectful to me every day. He comes up in here. And now I snap. I think I was about 12-ish, 13 when I snapped. But, you know, they had mentioned, oh, we're just going to send you to Juvenile Hall. I'm ready to go. You know what I'm saying? I'm ready to go because I, I, I don't want to be here no more. You know, it was just mental stress, like agony, pain, like, I mean, walking on eggshells. Yeah. It was to the point to where I couldn't wait to go to school just to get out the house. And then when I was in school, my grades suffered because I knew in eight hours or so, I got to go back home. I got to go back to the gates of hell, which is why my grades plummeted. Mm-hmm. And my mental issues started. And uh, I, I just remember just low-key losing my mind. Like when you were when you were a kid, a teenager, and you're crying every day, and you're you're begging for somebody to save you, but there's nobody to save you. There's nobody to save you. And you would tell, hey. I don't like this or I don't like that. You really couldn't, I really couldn't express to my mother what was going on because she didn't want to hear it. You know what I'm saying? It was more so like me expressing my feelings. She got attitude with that. Uh, Him having lavish things like the big TV, the stereo. Don't touch my TV. Don't touch my stereo. Don't sit on my couch. Sit on the floor. Don't eat my food. I mean, it's, it, I'm being 100. This is stuff that went on. Now to a teenager, 12, 13 years old, how do you think that's going to make them feel? Right. That's what I went through. And it only got deeper when yeah, when you left. And then with the things that was like, why don't you call your daddy and tell your daddy to go home? Uh, you want to go home like you did for your brother? And, and I mean, that's the type of stuff that I would hear. I would hear all the time. You know, to the point where I was just like mentally beat down and I just didn't know what to do. I had nobody to help me. I wore black every day. I'm talking about windbreaker. It's California. It's 100 degrees outside. I'm outside in a jacket and windbreaker. You know what I'm saying? Just hoping that I have a heat stroke and pass out. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like it was, it was that bad. It was just that bad. You know, and I can go deep because it was... I think this dude, honestly, I think this dude was possessed. I really think he was he was possessed. Beasel Bub, all of them. He was just a possessed guy. Wow. Yeah. See, folks, these are the things that we had to endure. But at the same time, you know, the things that we have experienced has made us better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But what we saw and if anything else we saw basically what not to do so we are going to save another one of those stories for another time because i know you got a lot oh yeah a whole lot to add to that so what we are going to do right now is do a little housekeeping we need 100 subscribers for our YouTube channel. Okay. We've got seven right now since we've just started the channel. So 
we need 100 subscribers in order for us to change our url because right now it's like youtube.com slash all these letters and numbers yeah yeah so <laughs> once we get to 100 then we'll be able to officially change our url to youtube.com slash the mervin brothers and it's very important that we are able to do that in order for you guys to find us a little easier yeah yeah so that's what we're asking uh right now if you have anybody we got a lot of youtube friends okay yeah. uh, we have a lot of facebook friends rather we have a lot of instagram friends so those of you who are on facebook and on instagram you follow us there follow us on youtube okay all you've got to do is go in there and search the mervin brothers and we are right there yeah so there's no excuse you follow us on instagram you follow us on facebook you can follow us on youtube yeah and it is on the instagram page link is in the bio click the link hit subscribe yes greatly appreciate it and once again we are also if you've seen on the crawl on spotify and anchor fm you can catch our first episode this episode will also be on there as well so you can't watch us you can listen to us once again on spotify and on anchor fm yeah that's gonna do it for us thank you so much for joining us thank you so much for listening to us we will try to be on a little bit more but again you know schedules dictate and we got to make it do what it do so until next time i am dre that's rashad and we will see you next time next time see See? what happened happened was was (laughs) y'all be cool yes sir peace